This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. On Sunday when the church bells start ringing, they're ringing for you and for me. Let's all gather round at the altar and pray that our souls may be free. I'll meet you in church Sunday morning and we'll all kneel down and pray. We'll pray to our Lord up in heaven to guide us safe home on our way. It's a place where we all meet on Sunday to worship our Lord up above and let all our sins be forgiven and meet with our loved ones above. I'll meet you in church Sunday morning and we'll all kneel down and pray. We'll pray to our Lord to guide us safe home on our way. In heaven I hear a voice calling from the land where there's no endless days. Let's all be prepared to meet Jesus. The path is narrow and home far away. I'll meet you in church Sunday morning and we'll all kneel down We'll pray to our Lord up in heaven to guide us safe home on our way. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let Wonderful words of love. 
This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Duranda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, and Eileen Flatten, our reader and provider of the children's message. And our recording engineer is Brad Anderson. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM. And it's live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Sue Olson in memory of her son, Vincent. And we want to thank Sue and WPCA Radio for this broadcast. Next Sunday, we'll be at uh, Deronda Lutheran at 9.30 in the morning for worship. I would invite you to come. And on Saturday, the 14th, uh, Deronda will be hosting a ham dinner. And then on Wednesday, we have our jam. Uh, 5.30 is a supper. 6 o'clock is an opening and 6.15 is Bible study and then conf and confirmation during that time and jam for the kids. You are welcome to join. And then we have uh, for First Lutheran on the uh, 15th, the Looney Lutherans are going to be there at noon for a one-hour program. And it's from the basement, ladies. Uh, they put it on the road, so it's kind of a comedy and you would be welcome to come. It's just a free will offering there. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You, may want to, you might want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross, and to make a small worship space. And you may want to have Bible or Bibles for the kids uh, to read along with the scripture readings. We will be having communion, so you might want to have bread and wine or grape juice available. Come here and learn the words of God. We will keep God's words in our hearts. Teach them to our children. We will recite them at home and away, when we lie down and when we rise. Let's confess our sins and hear the forgiveness proclaimed to you. God of all that is, we have failed to trust you to care for us. We have tried to be our own God in our lives and the lives of others. 
we have not listened to your call, nor lived in faithfulness to you. We have caused harm directly and indirectly to ourselves, our neighbors, and your creation. In your infinite grace and mercy, forgive and restore us, so that with your help we might become the people you created us to be. Now hear the good news. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you are made and we are made new creations in Christ Jesus and through his selfless sacrifice. God forgives us all our sin. Walk with God in this newness of life. Amen. And I will uh, ask Jim and Debbie to sing some gathering songs for us. If you see your brother standing by the road With a heavy load From the seeds he sowed And if you see your sister falling by the way Just stop and say You're going the wrong way You've got to try a little kindness Yes, show a little kindness Just shine your light for everyone to see And if you try a little kindness Then you'll overlook the blindness Of narrow-minded people On the narrow-minded streets Don't walk around the down and out Lend a helping hand Instead of doubt And the kindness that you show every day Will help someone along their way you got to try a little kindness Yes, show a little kindness Just shine your light for everyone to see and if you try a little kindness, then you'll overlook the blindness of narrow-minded people on the narrow-minded streets. You've got to try a little kindness, yes, show a little kindness, just shine your light for everyone to see. And if you try a little kindness, then you'll overlook the blindness of narrow-minded people on the narrow-minded streets. We are one in the bond of love. We are one in the bond of love. We have joined our spirit with the Spirit of God, we are one in the bond of love. Let us sing now, everyone. Let us feel His love begun. Let us join our hands that the world will know. We are one in the bond of love.
Hear, O children of God, our God is one. Love God and God alone. We will love God with all our heart, soul, and mind and strength. Put nothing else before God. We will not worship idols, money, possessions, celebrities, athletes, our jobs. Love your neighbor as yourself. We will answer God's call to work for justice that all people might flourish. Keep these things in your heart. We will live them and teach them to our children and our children's children. Continue with the prayer of the day. Guiding God, you have gifted us with your commandments to help us love you with all we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to keep them that all might live together in peace. Amen. Now I'd encourage you to share a sign of peace or to bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and use the Trinity formula. Be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures, and if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the Scripture readings that Eileen will now read and give the children's sermon. The first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 1 through 21, and chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Moses convened all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain out of the fire. At that time, I was standing between the Lord and you to declare to you the words of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire and did not go up to the mountain. And he said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the inequity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name your Lord, your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident aliens in your town so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. 
Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, so that your days may be long and it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, neither shall you commit adultery, neither shall you steal, neither shall you bear false witness against your neighbor, neither shall you covet your neighbor's wife, neither shall you desire your neighbor's house or field or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The second reading is from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that, he answered them well. He asked them, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Well, good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message, or as I like to say for all of us who are still children at heart. Sometimes I think it's a good thing that we reintroduce ourselves to people. So I'm going to tell you my name, I'm Eileen, and then to save time, I want all of you to tell me your name, but we'll do it all at the same time. So I'm going to count to three, and then you can go ahead and say your name nice and loud. Okay, let's see if I heard you correctly. I think someone over there said their name was Wonder Woman. And I heard a Luke Skywalker, and I think someone over there said Pastor Lauren. How did I do? I didn't get all your names correct? Well, that's surprising. Why do you think I got so many of your names wrong? Do you think it was because we were all talking at the same time? You know, it, it was pretty loud there for a moment when you all said your names at the same time. What do you think would have worked better? Maybe I should have let each person take a turn at saying their name. In today's scripture story, Jesus and another teacher spoke with each other about the most important thing we can do to help us to pay attention to God. They agreed that the most important thing is to listen to God and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because of their agreement with this answer, I was thinking about how we can best listen to God and love God with all of our heart, mind, strength when life is so noisy. I mean, just a few minutes ago, it was so noisy I couldn't hear your names. If life is that noisy, how am I or anyone else going to be able to listen to God? Thankfully, there are several stories of Jesus listening to God that show us how we too can listen to God in our noisy and busy life. What we see Jesus do over and over again is find a quiet place and make time and space for prayer. In other words, Jesus keeps making time and space to talk with God, which includes giving God a turn to speak, just like I should have given each of you a turn to share your name earlier on. 
For us, this might look like making time in the morning with your mom or dad to pray before the day starts, or making time to pray before bedtime. When we make this time and space for prayer, then we are giving God a turn to speak to us, just like God spoke to Jesus. And that is the good news for today. So could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for Jesus, who shows us how to listen for you in our noisy lives. Thank you, and amen. Jesus bids us shine with a clear, pure light Like a little candle burning in the night In this world of darkness we must shine You in your small corner and I in mine Jesus bids us shine first of all for him well, he sees us, knows it, if a light is dim. He looks down from heaven, sees us shine. You in your small corner and I in mine. Jesus bids us shine, then for all around. Many kinds of darkness in this world abound. Sin and want and sorrow, we Jesus bids us shine as we work for him, bringing those that wander from the paths of sin. He will ever help us if we shine, you in your small corner and I in mine. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Oof, duh. isn't it always good to hear the commandments? And you think about how many that you uh, not have lived up to. But when we think about it, we need to remember that it says, I am the Lord your God, therefore. You don't want to do these things. These things will hurt you and it will hurt others. If you can learn to live according to these as best you can, you will make life so much more enjoyable, not only for yourself, but for others. And you will honor God, your creator and redeemer. From the uh, narrative lectionary, they talk about God calls us to embody, to immerse ourselves in loving God and loving one another. What is most interesting about this passage from the 12th chapter of Mark is that Jesus is subverting the scribe's question as much as he is answering it. In giving two commandments, when the scribe asks only for one, Jesus is making the argument that nothing about God can be boiled down to an easy checkbox or line item. Nothing about God involves clean lines or cutoffs. Living a life of faith must demonstrate the love between us and God, and the love between us and other people all the time and all at once. That's where the Ten Commandments come in. Moses describes these commandments to his followers as a covenant that God made with all of them, 
While many variations of covenant existed in the ancient Near East, the implication Moses makes here is that this is an unbreakable, unshakable, and binding promise between God and God's people, that God's people will live their life according to their faith, and that God will bless them for generations. You'll notice that the first framing commandment emphasizes the connection between God and God's people. The second and third can technically stand on their own, but they could also be interpreted as subpoints to the first commandments. Commandments 4 through 10 outline the connection between God's people, telling us what to do and what not to do with regard to each other. God charged God's very self with putting into words the most foundational and distinctive tenets of a faithful life. Yahweh's Big Mac special sauce recipe, if you will. And the only things that are truly on God's list are to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else falls into the realm of details. Moses does something very interesting to end his proclamation of the Ten Commandments. He tells the crowd to keep these words in their hearts, to recite these words to their children, to start and end each day with these words, to keep them on their persons, to post them in their door entryways, because God's greatest commandment, which is actually twofold, is such a big, abstract, and complex idea, Moses wants us to be sure that people are internalizing it, remembering it, finding ways to work it into the little things. When they do that, they might also start to recognize the blessings that God has promised them will spring forth from this kind of internalization. The important thing for us to hear this morning is not just the commandments themselves. The important thing for us to hear is the same charge that Moses gave the crowds around him to immerse ourselves in the love of God and the love of other people, to let God's love seep into our bones, to look for the ways that God's grace changes our day to day. This is where we will find blessings all of these generations later. So many times we get caught up in so many things of trying to uh, follow the commandments and sometimes I, I don't always understand what I should and shouldn't do, and then I'm just reminded, love God, love your neighbors. And in fact, as we love our neighbors, that's when we most likely see God. And at points we hear in the scriptures, if we don't love our neighbors, then we don't love God. It's a sign of who we are and who God is in our lives and how well we've internalized. Because love is something that comes into us and embodies itself in us, and it becomes a natural response. I remembered the story of the nurse that went to overseas, and she uh, wanted to serve people, was excited about serving, but the people didn't trust her. Different skin, different culture, how long would she stay? And so they treated her and tested her severely. Finally, one day after few weeks of this, she just lost it. She went and cried to the doctor and said, I just can't handle it. I, I want to love these people, but they won't take and love me. And the doctor said, here, just sit down. And he took a picture 
and he filled it with water. He said, okay, if I pour this out, what will come out? Well, she said, well, water. Yeah, that's right. What would happen if I came along and I just happened to bump that pitcher and it fell over, what would come out? Well, of course, it'd still be water. He said, you see, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled with love. You want to pour your life out in love. That's great. But you need to understand there are times you're going to get bumped. People aren't going to respond the way you want them to. But then you need to ask yourself what still comes out. And I dare say it will be love. Because you are loved by God and you love God. Love his people. In homing, uh, Garrett Frost talks about the time when uh, God had, uh, Jesus had compassion. And he says of people, one person said, people are so mean these days, the gas station attendant said to me. And why do you say that, I asked. Just because, he answered, they think it's all my fault, you know, the price of gasoline. I think we're hearing that again these days. I drove away in a reflective mood. His words reminded me of a scene in a grocery store a few days before. I had stopped in to pick up a few small items, including tea. So there I was, prowling around the supermarket, when at last I found the tea shelf. But I also found something I wasn't expecting. A frozen chicken. Behold, the chicken with the tea. Finally, it's still rock hard. I returned it to its proper place and said to the poultry man, I can't understand how anybody could do a thing like this. Oh, it happens all the time, he said, barely looking up from his work. What needless trouble we cause for each other. A little consideration and a few kind words go a long way. Jesus' life serves as an example. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We're all harassed by day-to-day -day living. We're all helpless in the face of things we can't understand, wrongs we can't correct, events we can do nothing about. How much better off the world would be if we all had more compassion and could understand the dark and difficult moods of ourselves and others. Each of us needs practice in walking in someone else's shoes and seeing things from another perspective we need to learn to condemn less and understand more, to reject less and accept more. Jesus, our shepherd, walks among us this day. He views each one of us singly. Rather than seeing us as objects for ridicule or exploitation, he welcomes us as his sisters and brothers to be treasured, served, to be received with compassion. Isn't that the way we need to look at the commandments? How do I love and how do I look at my brothers and sisters? The other story from, uh, stories from the heart is, we all know the story of Humpty Dumpty, but this one is Humpty Dumpty Revisited. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put old Humpty together again. But soon the king himself heard of Humphrey's, uh, Humpty's fate, and he was deeply disturbed. So setting aside his royal 
finery di uh, disguised as a common present peasant, the king slipped on notice through the majestic palace gates and into the rough and tumble streets life of his kingdom. He meandered through the streets and alleys, and after seven, several days, he finally found good old Humpty. Though weak from his searching, the king was overjoyed at the sight of Humpty. He ran to his side and cried, Humpty, it is I, your king. I have powers greater than those of my horses and men who failed to put you together again. Be at peace. I am here to help. Ah, leave me alone, Humpty's mouth retorted. I've gotten used to this new way of life. I kind of like it now. But was all the king could get out before Dumpty continued. I tell you, I'm fine. I like it here. That trash can over there, the way the sun sparkles in the pro broken glass, this must be the garden spot of the world. The king tried again. I assure you, my kingdom has much more to offer than this back alley. There are green mountains, rolling surfs, exciting cities. But Humpty would hear none of it, and the saddened king returned to the palace. A week later, one of Humpty's eyes rolled skyward and only to see once again the concerned face of the king standing over his fractured pieces. I have come to help, firmly stated the king. Look, leave me alone, will you? I've just seen my psychiatrist and he assures me that I'm doing fine, coping with my environment as it is. You're a cop-out. A man has to deal with life as it comes. I'm a realist. But wouldn't you rather walk, asked the king? Look, Humpty's mouth replied, once I get up and start walking, I'll have to stay up and keep walking. At this point of my life, I'm not ready to make a commitment like that. So if you'll excuse me, you're blocking my son. Reluctantly, the king turned once again and walked through the streets of his kingdom back to the palace. It was over a year before the king ventured to return to Humpty's side. But sure enough, one bright morning, one of Humpty's ears perked up at the sure steady strides of the king. This time he was ready. Humpty's eye turned toward the tall figure just as his mouth managed the words, My king. Immediately the king fell to his knees on the glass-covered pavement. His strong, knowing hands gently began to piece together Humpty's fragments. After some time his work completed, the king rose to full height, pulling up with him the figure of a strong young man. The two walked hand in hand throughout the kingdom. Together they stood atop lush green mountains. They ran together along deserted beaches. They laughed and joked together as they strolled the gleaming cities of the king's domain. They went on forever. And to the depth, breadth, and height of their friendship, there was no end. Once while walking together down the sidewalk in one of the king's cities, Humpty overheard a remark that made his heart leap with both the joy of his new life and the bitter memory of the back alley. Someone say, say, who are those two men? Another replied, why the one on the left is old Humpty Dumpty. I don't know the one on the right, but they sure look like brothers. Maybe that's a little bit more like us than we like to think. We have those moments where we don't really appreciate 
what the King has to offer, our Creator, our Lord. We would rather live in the dumpster or by the dumpster. We'd rather not have commitments to others and to ourselves. It's just fine where we are and we call it realism. But I'll take faith in Jesus as a means and a way to grow in life, to enjoy, to celebrate it, to have this God put me back together again so I can see more what he sees, to love more like he loves, to care like he cares, to celebrate life and the life of others, to celebrate my King. Make no mistake, peacemaker is not synonymous with appeaser. That is not peace at any price. There are limits. Smiling at wrongdoing or erroneous teaching doesn't simplify life, it complicates it. So if we love, we learn to make peace. We learn to reconcile and take time with our neighbors and our friends, our family, even though it's tough work and even though it's hard work. We need to keep remembering it's who we are. One of the things I was thinking about came in a devotional again that I read and it talked about a, if you could picture somebody on the top of a slide, a little toddler, the mother is there to reassure and to make sure he gets down the slide safe. The father is down at the bottom of the slide to catch him when he comes down. But halfway down, neither of them can reach him and he's on his own. And it's a little bit like that in life, isn't it? We see people who have been baptized, got a great start, or they are loved, they've, they've got their Bibles, they've learned, and they've gotten to that point where they don't feel at home. And we're seeing that today more and more in our church, where they don't want to come back to the church. They don't know if it's safe. They don't know if they'll be accepted. They don't know if it's true. They don't see the father at the bottom of the slide that is wanting to catch him and to help him land safely. I hope we of the church are with open arms waiting for them to come back to the church. Even though they're at a place in life where it seems the word, prayers, stuff can't reach him, we pray that the father will lead them home safely and that we will pray for them, that we will welcome them and love them for who they are and as they are, as God does us. Lastly, I want to share just briefly, a, uh, it's almost a Christmas story. Well, it is a Christmas story, but it speaks to the ironic nature of us as people. A pastor had welcomed a homeless Latino man into the church. This disheveled Hispanic man at the rear of the church after midnight service on Christmas Eve was one homeless person too many for an inner city clergy friend. Grimly aware that being the caring pastor had left him, let him in for this. The pastor stood in his own anger at himself, at the man, and at God on the way to the shelter. Finally, he realized he didn't even know the stranger's name. He asked, 
Jesus, what, what's your name? Or he asked what the name was, and it was Jesus, was the reply. Jesus. The ironic humor of the whole situation suddenly washed over my friend. Here he was griping to God about taking a man named Jesus to a shelter on Christmas Eve. He felt as if it was a huge cosmic trip. The comic aspect of it both judged his anger and redeemed him out of it. You see, as we love our neighbor, we see Jesus. As we care about those who are around us, our anger, our frustration with other people changes. We get transformed into that second commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves, and in doing so, we learn to love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind. May that be your desire, your wish, and the covenant that you live in with a God who loves you we have the opportunity to love back. Amen. Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'll now continue with the prayers of the church. With gratitude for our whole selves, created in your image and made new in Christ, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. 
God of peace, you bless us with laws designed to guide us. <clears throat> Excuse me. In living together as a beloved community, help us to love you with all our hearts, souls, minds, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. You brought forth animal life in all its forms, from the simple to the complex. Help us to live in harmonious balance with our siblings, great and small, protecting fragile ecosystems and working for the flourishing of everything you have made. Eternal God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Commit all who serve you in leadership at every level to live by your greatest commandments, that all our neighbors in all the world might flourish according to your will. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Send your healing love into the lives of all our neighbors, near and far, who are faced with trauma, terminal illness, persistent mental challenges, or catastrophic injury, and all who suffer in any way, especially Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Ron Lee, Pat and Lucille Troff, Jim Wade, Owen Cordy, Maury Nicholson, Helen Erickson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Matt Crerup, Randy Goglin, Ida Martinson, Jim Curtis, Helen Jorgensen, Becky Anderson, Shirley Lands, Dave Christensen, Ron Wilson, <coughs> Jean Hoisington, Haylin Hoisington, Pete and Diane Fall, and Dean Muse. Reveal yourself in the work of medical professionals and supportive communities that all might live fully in you. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Restore faith and science and education and expertise throughout our world. Pull us away from our need to justify our own worldview by discarding established facts so that we might act in ways that preserve the health and well-being of our neighbors, our communities, the natural environment, and the world. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. We remember the saints who, by their example, taught us to love you and our neighbors. In gratitude for them, help us model our faithfulness to your commandments to all who come after us. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. We place in your loving arms these our prayers, spoken and unspoken, trusting in your boundless mercy, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. One of the beautiful things about worship, upon hearing the word, we get to respond with our gifts in response to the, the word of God. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. We continue with the prayer, offering prayer. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. 
Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us. The compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. There are many people who will say they're Christians and they live like Christians on the Sabbath day. But come Monday morning till the coming Sunday, they will fight their neighbor all along the way. Oh, you don't love God. If you don't love your neighbor, if you gossip about him, if you never have mercy, if he gets into trouble and you don't try to help, then you don't love your neighbor and you don't love God. In the Holy Bible, in the book of Matthew, read the 18th chapter and the 21st verse. Jesus plainly tells us that we must have mercy. There's a special warning in the 35th verse. Oh, you don't love God. If you don't love your neighbor. If you gossip about him. If you never have mercy. If he gets into trouble and you don't try to help him, then you don't love your neighbor and you don't love God. There's a God Almighty and you've got to love him if you want salvation in a home on high. If you say you service with Holy Communion. When we, when we celebrate Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as often as ye eat it in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear the promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Let us love our neighbor as ourselves. Thanks be to God. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Be not dismayed, whatever betide, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Thank you for listening to A Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small-town churches in Amherst, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you. Nothing you ask will be.